Hello City Church, this is Kevin Diaz and today we're going to be taking a look at Hebrews chapter 8. As you all know, we've been in a series in Hebrews for the past couple of months and in our Sunday services we jump from 7 to 10 so over the next couple of weeks I'm going to be uh, leading us through a study in uh, chapter 8 and chapter 9. So let's go. Chapter 8 says, Now the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, a minister in the holy places, in the true tent that the Lord set up, not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices, Thus, it is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. Now, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. They serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. For, for when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God, saying, See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is much more excellent than the old, as the covenant he mediates is better, since it is enacted on better uh, promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would not have been an occasion to look for a second. For he finds fault with them when he says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I, when I, took, when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant, and so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will be merciful toward their iniquities and I will remember their sins no more. In speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. And what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. So as we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, the book of Hebrews was written uh, for Jewish Christians that were turning back to Judaism. But the writer is letting them know why would you want to go back to a shadow? Why would you want to go back to something that's lesser? Because the whole Judaism itself, all the sacrifices, all the laws, everything in Judaism was, was, was there to point to fulfillment in Christ. We've talked about this before many times. The whole Bible is about Jesus. The Old Testament points toward the Messiah that's coming. And then the New Testament talks about, about the Messiah and how our life should be now that we have him. And also awaiting to see when God restores all things. So it was a little bit different for, for the Jews at that time. I mean, when you think about Judaism, Judaism had a rich 
culture. There were many things to look at. They had the beautiful temple with, with its beautiful design and all the beautiful colors and all the, the different beautiful furniture that was in there. They had something to look at. And also in the temple, the priests were constantly making sacrifices. Sacrifice after sacrifice and, and constantly ministering during this time. And also with that, there, with, with busyness in religion, there can be a false appearance of holiness there. So there was, they were trying, the, some of the Jews, the people that, the Jews that did not come to Christ were trying to lure them back and tell them, hey, look at this. We have this. We have this. We have Moses. We have the, the temple. We have all these things. But we know that everything was there and it pointed towards Christ and it was fulfilled through Christ. The people would come from all over the known world at the time. All the Jews would come two or three times a, a year and come to bring their sacrifice um, to the Lord at that time. And like I said, this was constantly work after work after sacrifice after sacrifice. And it's something that when we look at that, we know that now we can rest in the Lord. So why would you want to go backwards? Why would you want to go to the shadow of things instead of the fulfillment? And I once heard a pastor say like this, that that if he had a, a picture of his wife, if, let's say he went away and he had a picture of his wife and he got home. Uh, and if she, she's not going to stay there looking at the picture when his wife is sitting next to him on the couch. So why would you want to go to the picture or the shadow of things when you have the fulfillment, the fulfillment right there in front of you? So like I said, the whole book of, of Hebrews is urging the Jewish Christian to, to, to remain and to stay in what is the fulfillment of everything that they knew before. So um, in the last couple of uh, chapters, the writer had spoke about Jesus' credentials as a high priest. He said that the, the, the priestly ministry of Jesus was greater than the priestly ministry of, of Aaron. The, the, the priestly ministry of Jesus was, was a, an order in, in the, a priestly order in the order of Melchizedek. And, and Jesus was, was righteous, so he did not have to make his sacrifice for his own sins. When the, the Aaronic priesthood, they had to make sacrifice for their own sins because they were sinful. So these last chapters were just pointing to this one moment because he starts this chapter saying, Now the point in what we are saying is, or in other words, he is saying the main point is... So he was saying, and, and in, these cha in, in this, this chapter he says that, that Jesus' work is superior and that he ministered from a superior tabernacle. While the Aaronic priests ministered from a tabernacle that was made with, that was a physical place, that was made as a representation of the throne room of God, Jesus is up there in the heavens ministering from a better tabernacle. And he also says that the authority by which Jesus ministers is better. In other words, by the, by the, the, the authority of the new covenant is better. The new covenant that came through Christ was better than the, than the old covenant. And we're going to take a look at that. Um, so let's see. The first point I want to make here is that, that, that the, the, Jesus ministered from a better tabernacle. In verse 1 it says, Now the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, a minister in the holy places in the true tent that the Lord set up, not man. So because Jesus is ministering from a better tabernacle, 
then that means that his priestly work is better. So, like I said before, the the priest, uh, the the Aaronic priesthood, they used to minister from a from a tabernacle that was made by the people of Israel. Moses was given the design by God, and they had to make sure that they uh, created design exactly the way that that God had told them to. But when we look at these verses here, it says that that it says he who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the Majesty in heaven. So Jesus sits which is a symbol of authority and also of completion, of rest. Jesus had completed, and not, not he continues to make intercession for us, but the sacrifice, the, one, the sacrifice that he made for us was complete. He made his sacrifice, he gave himself up, and this sacrifice was once and for all. So he, seats, he sits on the right hand of the Father. Meanwhile, in the Aaronic priesthood, they're continually to make sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice. At, and, and, so, and Jesus, he sat at, at, sitting at the right hand. And also, it says that he serves in the true tent or the real tabernacle. Not the one that was made as a picture of it or a representation of it, but the actual throne room, throne room of God. So the, 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 the sanctuary here on earth, the tabernacle here on earth, was a reflection. It was a shadow. It was not a real one, but like I said, it was made to be a representation of what was in heaven. So Jesus ministers from a better tabernacle. And also, uh, the second point I want to make is that Jesus, uh, Jesus sacrificed better. It's a better sacrifice. Verse 3 says, For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. Thus it is necessary for the, this priest also to have something to offer. So the writer here is reintroducing the idea of Jesus' sacrifice. And actually in, in chapter 9, we're going to take a deeper look at that. But the, in the Levitical priest, priesthood, they, they used to make sacrifices. And probably the main job of the priest was to make these sacrifices. Some of them were for, for, for the remission of, of sins. And some of them were as worship and praise and, and sacrifice to, to God to be a, a pleasing, uh, like I said, worship to him. But Jesus' sacrifice was superior because Jesus gave himself up the perfect sacrifice. We know that Jesus was perfect. He was sinless. While the priests were taking animals, and they would try to bring the best animal they could, but no animal was perfect. But Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. So, And we know that even though... Um, when, when, when these sacrifices were, were, were made in the, in, in, in here on, on earth, those sacrifices were able to maybe cover up sin, but they would not remove sin the way that Jesus sacrificed it. Verse 4 says, Now if we were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since they are priests who offer gifts according to the law. So the, 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 the Levitical priesthood and their sacrifices were the ones that were required of the, of the Levites. But Jesus' sacrifice was greater. He sacrificed himself. And in verse 5 it says, They serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. For when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God, saying, See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown to you on the mountain. Like I said earlier, so there were chapters upon chapters of all the design, the, the materials that were needed, the me 
how much everything measured, uh, the color of everything, all this. There was a, a very intricate design that was given to Moses by God, and everything had to be followed exactly the way that God had told him to do it. And these were all, these were all a, a like I said, a picture of the sanctuary that is in heaven. So as beautiful as it was, it doesn't compare to the beauty of the throne room of God. And I can't wait to get there one day and to see that. So um, it says here that it was a, a, it was a, a copy of, of, of the, uh, the tabernacle. Um, in, verse, in verse 5 it says, they serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. So Christ is up there and everything that was made here was, is supposed to be pointing to that. So... Uh, also, the next point is that that he served uh, from the authority of a better covenant. Verse six says, "As it is, as, but as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old, as the covenant he mediates is better, since it is enacted on better promises." So, the word covenant is an agreement or an oath. So God makes his covenant with his covenants with men and he binds himself to these. And when I say a, a lot of people want to com, uh, compare a covenant to a contract, I wouldn't really compare it to like a business contract because with a business contract, there are two sides making negotiations and trying to, to get more from, from each side. With God, God was making this covenant and he bound himself to it. And he was the one that set the the uh, the the part the the different um, parts of the covenant he was the one that said it so one thing that's beautiful about the covenants is that when we read the covenants of the old testament god was progressively revealing himself to us and he was also revealing his purpose with humanity through them i don't know if it was our sinfulness that maybe we couldn't handle it in one shot but little by little god revealed himself to them so we're not going to spend too much time, but just some of the covenants of the Old Testament. We have the, the, the covenant that he made with Noah when he said that he would not destroy the world with water again. So I'm not sure if there might have been pe people that heard the story and that when they started raiding a lot, they would have been afraid. But God was saying, I am not going to destroy the world with water, with water again. God also made a covenant with Abraham when he told him that he was going to uh, he was going to give him a, a, a numerous de numerous uh, descendants. He told him that he was going to give him a land, and also that his people, his descendants, were going to be a blessing to the whole world. And God also made a covenant with Moses. And with Moses, he was saying that he was calling uh, the Jewish people to be his special people, his people that were going to be blessed, and his people that were going to even represent him here on the earth. So with God's covenants, like I said, God is the one that establishes them. And he also makes them with certain people. With Noah, he made it to all men, basically, that were, that were left, which is Noah's family. And with Abraham, he, he made it with Abraham's descendants. And with Moses, he made it with the Jews. So um, another point about the covenants, man cannot change the terms of the covenants. God is the one that sets the, 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 the establishes the covenants. And man cannot do anything to change them. So um, what we're talking about here is a new covenant. So this covenant is a better covenant. It has better conditions. And like I said, that God reveals himself and his final purpose in man through them. And, uh, they were, and all the other covenants of the past were made 
to desi- they were designed to prepare us to receive this new covenant in Christ. And maybe in the old covenant we had the mediator might have been Noah or Abraham or Moses. Now we have a greater mediator, which is Jesus. And, and a mediator is a person that would stand in the middle uh, between two parties and bring them together. Jesus is the perfect mediator between man and God because Jesus is man and he is God. So he met all the conditions for both parties and he offered himself as a perfect sacrifice on behalf of man to God. And he also gives man the Holy Spirit on behalf of God. So he is the perfect mediator. Verse 6, uh, going back to verse 6, it says, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent. And it says that he media- mediates is, the, the covenant he mediates is better since it is enacted on better promises. So Jesus' ministry is better because these uh the 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 uh, promises in the new covenant are better nothing can really compare to what what jesus gives to us in the old testament or in the old covenant you will the law is given to prove that we cannot be perfect it is uh establishing what righteousness is but also letting us know that we cannot be righteous on our own so all of the whole the old testament and all the laws and all that was fulfilled through Jesus Christ. Verse 7 says, For if the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second. So I'm not saying that God made a mistake, but his intentions were not completed through the old covenant. They were completed through Christ in the new covenant. So the old covenant or the law would not make men righteous. And it would not restore things. It would not restore the relationship between us and God just the way that Jesus did. But in verse 8 it says, For he finds fault with them when he says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant, and so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord. So here the, book, in the, the writer of Hebrews is quoting from Jeremiah 31, 31. And like I said, I'm not, it's not saying that God cannot fulfill the covenant. What it's saying is that man did not fulfill the covenant. So about six, six centuries be, before Jesus came, uh, the Lord was speaking through Jeremiah saying, I will establish a new covenant. So the Jews that, that, that read the words of Jeremiah were waiting for this new covenant to come. And the writer of Hebrews was basically saying, hey, you know that covenant that God was speaking about, the new covenant that was coming through Jeremiah? This is what it is. This, it's what we have received through Jesus Christ. So, yeah, so, this was, so the new covenant, uh, uh, the, the, the prophecy through Jeremiah sort of sets the stage for Jesus to come and to establish this new covenant. So this new covenant, just a couple of points I want to make about it. Number one, this new covenant was inward and spiritual. Verse 10 says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. The Old Testament 
had a lot of externals. It had rituals. It had laws that were written on stones. It had commandments. It had sacrifices. But this new covenant, Jesus, uh, the, God was saying that he was going to write his law on their minds and in their hearts. So, like I said, the law was there to, tell, to show us how we fall short of God's uh, per, sinless perfection. So because of that, we are not accepted by God. But Jesus came to fulfill uh, to fulfill the law and also um, the law would expose what sin is. It would tell us where we're wrong, but it had no power to transform us. Now God is saying, I'm going to write my law in their minds and in their hearts. So before we would know about God, now we know God and we experience him inside of us through the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God has been given to us, and now we know God more intimately. It's not just knowing about Him. It's not just knowing what He says, but knowing and experiencing Him inside of us. The law would expose sin, but now with the new covenant and the Spirit of God living inside of us, it has the, and it has the power to transform us and to make us not, not live in, 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 in sinful ways anymore. It also gives us the desire to overcome, the desire to live according to God's ways, the desire to worship Him with our lives. They did not receive that before. It was more of an external thing. It says, I will put my law in their minds and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Now we have this willingness and this hunger and this thirst to do God's will. We know Him by the internal spirit. We have intimate knowledge of God, and this is the beauty of salvation, where it's not just God saying something like this is what. So when, 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 what we have now is, yeah, the word of God tells us when we're out of bounds, but now we have the power living inside of us to be able to overcome these things as we abide with Jesus and we allow him, we surrender our lives to him and, help him, and he helps us to overcome sin. As we live lives of worship to him. The Old Testament had a lot of external. And before in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God will come upon people and empower them for certain things. Now the Spirit of God is living inside of us. So this inward transformation is a work of the Spirit of God that's living inside of us. And also the Word of God that reveals Christ to us. Together those things transform us into being more and more like Jesus. So the, the law cannot make us do what's right. It can only tells us, tell us what's right and wrong and also tell us what happens when we do wrong. But the Spirit of God inside of us gives us the desire to overcome. So another point about the new covenant is that it's personal and for all people. Verse 11 says, And they shall not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest. Before the scribes and the rulers would be the teachers. And they were the experts. And they had the knowledge of God. But now in the new covenant. We all. With, it's not about a, a, a part, a, a different classes. We all belong to the Lord. And he reveals himself to all of us. Everyone has access to the knowledge of God. Whether you're rich, poor, male or female. Tall or short or whatever. And so it's not just knowing the law. And knowing about him. We know him personally so wouldn't we rather have that wouldn't we rather have that and same thing like i said the writers constantly uh, in, in, in this book just telling the the jewish christian everything that we have through jesus is is what was pointed out in the old testament through jesus has been fulfilled 
So even like during this time with the coronavirus, where we have social distancing, and it's cool that we get together, we have prayer meetings on Zoom, and we meet on Zoom. Isn't it going to be better when we're able to get together with the people again? So I, it, it's, it's almost like you know, like that. Like we have that picture. The, we see people in this, these flat screens, but it's good to see people in three in three in three D when we get to see them. So another thing is that the, the, the new covenant deals with our sin. Verse 12 says, For I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. The priest offered sacrifice, and it was constant over and over again to remind the people that they were sinners. In the new covenant, Jesus' sacrifice was made once and for all. And this sacrifice cleanses us of all our sin, all the sin I ever committed and will ever commit. And it also cleansed our conscience. So we are free and we have peace with God. We might remember what we have done, but God has taken our sin and thrown it into the deepest part of the ocean. Verse 13 says, in speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. And what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Like I said, um, God was using Jeremiah 600 years before this to let them know that there's a better covenant that was coming. And when this covenant comes, the old covenant was no longer valid. Now we have what's new Everything that God was meaning to do. And like I said, progressively, he revealed himself to us. Progressively, he revealed humanity's plan to us. And now this has been fulfilled through Christ. So Jesus ministers from a better place, which is the true sanctuary in heaven. And he also ministers according to a better covenant. A covenant with better conditions, better features. And this covenant, covenant, it's inward and spiritual because we have to give the Spirit of God that lives inside of us. We have new access to God and we all have access to God through Christ. And the new covenant deals effectively with our sin. And, and also, we are free from the guilt of sin forever. And we see His mercy and His grace and His forgiveness. And it's all based on Jesus' priestly ministry. Jesus' work as he sacrificed himself for us on the cross. And this perfect sacrifice has taken our sin and he's wiped it away. Every sin, like I said, that I will ever commit and just every sin that you will ever commit is available. Uh, the the, the, the uh, cleansing is available through Jesus Christ. So those of us that have been born again have had our sins wiped away and also we have the Spirit of God empowering us to live according to His ways and also to be uh, messengers for Him, to be able to share this good news about this new covenant. And what's interesting about religion, like I think I mentioned earlier that religion has a, it paints a false picture of holiness sometimes. We think that just because we're busy doing something and, and when we don't understand the grace of God, we are doing things trying to obtain something or trying to hold on to something that we already have in Christ. Now, I'm not saying that we don't do things, but when we do it out of appreciation and out of the power of the Spirit of God that lives inside of us, if we can rest 
in Christ, but also respond with doing Jesus' work and continuing his ministry here on earth. So um, as we look at the book of Hebrews, um, maybe we're not tempted to go back to Judaism because most of us were not Jewish. But I think that sometimes we get tempted to go back to the old things, the things that once broke us, the things that were, were never that never satisfied us before. It's like sometimes we forget. So it's like we just have to remember that the only thing that really satisfies is Jesus. He's the only one that really satisfies us. So anyway, let's look at let's let's continue to look at the book of Hebrews. And I encourage you to just go through these. Uh, to, as we have gone through um, uh, most of the book right now, just go back and read it over, having greater understanding. And I know for me, when I get into these, uh, these, uh, uh, when I read the book of Hebrews, it just, it just encourages me, it helps me to see the beauty of God's wisdom in salvation. It sees, we're able to see God's love for us and just how he's the one that fulfills everything. And, and yeah, so just, just encourage you guys to do that. And anyway, so we're going to be going into chapter 9 in the next couple of weeks. And I guess I'll see you guys there. Be blessed.